This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Well, hey there, welcome back to Worship God. My name is Rob Brockman, and I'm once again joined by Jody Cross. And thanks for tuning in on this episode. Um, You know, one of the most important relationships that um, is on a staff team or in church leadership is often between the senior pastor or the lead pastor and the worship pastor or the worship leader. And this is like a very collaborative relationship a lot of the time. And often the worship leader and the worship and the lead pastor are working closely together to set the liturgy, choosing songs, and ideally to facilitate edifying and God-glorifying worship in the church. Uh, And of course, things never go wrong in this relationship. There's never, never any conflict. It's Uh, it's, the best ever. Yeah, it's just a paragon Mm -hmm. of just (laughs) professional unity and stuff. No, um, you know, we're humans, we're flawed and we're broken and it's sadly, but but not illogically, often these these relationships can be easily fraught with conflict. Um, Jody, I, you very much interest me because you were a worship <laughs> pastor, a worship leader. You interest me in, in a number of ways. But Thank you. You interest me too. Yeah. You're interesting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But specifically because you were a worship leader, worship pastor for a long time, and then you made recently the transition mm-hmm. to being the lead pastor at South Shore Church in Barrie, Ontario. And so I'm curious from your perspective, mm-hmm. how important is that lead pastor and worship leader relationship? I know you have a very healthy relationship with your primary worship leader, uh, which mm-hmm. is yourself. And so <laughs> <laughs> in, in this case, yes, I, I am both wearing both hats many times. That's right. Right. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, talk about that. Like, am I overstating the importance of that relationship? What does the Bible say about that? Well, you know, I, I was just thinking, I've served in five different churches in 32 years of ministry, and each of those relationships with a lead pastor have looked very different because it's my personality with their personality, and that all looks different. The dynamics are all different depending on who's on the other side of that, you know, that table. And um, sometimes they can be great, sometimes they can be challenging, but it's... Um, I think the Lord, you know, I'm just thinking about the disciples. Jesus puts 12 people on his team. They're all very different, different personalities, walks of life. Uh, Some are zealots and some are former Roman collaborators or traitors. And he says, guys, I mean, the commandment that, the commandment that comes through in the New Testament more than anything else, particularly in John's gospel and in 1 John is love one another. Mm -hmm. Saying, you know, he says to the team, hey, love one another. And so there, you know, with a worship leader, worship pastor, lead pastor relationship, there is diversity, a lot of diversity, a lot of difference. And, and those relationships don't happen automatically easy or they don't automatically become harmonious and they take work. And as I think about the scripture, 1 Corinthians 12 says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And there's something beautiful that, that we serve together that not one individual has all the gifts that are needed in ministry or in a, in a Sunday morning church service. You know, the scripture says we, there's many members, different gifts, talents, and abilities. And there's a humility because we have to realize that we need each other. And it's not just because 
one can sing and, and can't preach and the other can preach but can't play guitar. But this is just the way we've been designed, strategically deficient, mm. because we don't have all the gifts or abilities and we need right. someone else to compliment us, not with an I compliment, but with an E, uh, because we have to work together to do the work of God together. And Romans 12, 6 says, we have gifts that differ, okay, according to the grace that God has given us, so let us use them. And, and in the Bible, it's not just the task that needs to get done, as if to say, it doesn't matter how you relate, it just matters that you get the service done or you get the music played. God is, is far more concerned about the heart, and out of those, the heart comes relationship, and out of the relationship comes the expression of that relationship, which is the visible manifestation of the ministry. Right. And I have been in settings where the relationship was not great, and the Sunday morning still went on. And mm. as a worship leader, you feel the tension because you know that that relationship with that person is not great, and maybe it's not healthy, and maybe it's in a in a terrible spot. And how mm. do you, with integrity, uh, do Sunday mornings and worship God, knowing that? There's, there's trouble. That's kind of right. It's almost back to Matthew chapter five, where it right. says, if you've got something against your brother, you, you better go work it out. Yeah. There's a clear priority there in, in, in right relationship and the worship context and the worship yeah. gathering. So you can't, you're absolutely right. You know, Paul will say in first Corinthians 16, let all things be done in love. Well, there's a reason for that because love really is a kind of binds together a healthy worship gathering. Yeah, absolutely. And you know this this place, as you said, that's potential has potential for difficulty, fraught with with risk, conflict. It's in that very relationship at a very high level of of pastoral leadership, where loving and caring and serving and communicating and encouraging and appreciating uh, each other is what God puts us together to do when our flesh or the devil would like to get in there and and cause us to do the opposite. Hmm. So done well, done properly, we serve the other person, that the worship sung and the word preached work together, both parties, different gifts, all to exalt Christ and to edify the body. Mm. And I think scripture is just really hopeful for us. And some, you know, some of you listening may be in the difficult part, the trenches in where things are not going well, where you feel that distance and, and maybe there's a lot of relational strain. But here's, here's a, a scripture of hope from Romans 15. It says, uh, may the God of endurance and encouragement, some of you are saying, yep, I need that, endurance mm. and God's encouragement. May this God grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And that to me is a worship verse because it's, it's talking about multiple voices in this case we're talking about two and this and there's this musical idea of harmony you know harmony mm. is is two notes that are or more notes that are stacked on top of each other that are different but blend and work together for something more beautiful and then it says that with one voice kind of we're thinking and doing and moving toward the same thing we may glorify that's that's all about mm. worship so when when it's done well even a relationship can be an act of worship uh, mm. for the for the glory of god so uh, long, long discussion, but uh, you, you know, your question was how important is it? Crucial, absolutely crucial. God's blessing, leadership, effectiveness, loving and leading the sheep. It, it all, um, it all resides on having this this right heart relationship. And and if not, it's a house divided. Hmm. And 
you know, scripture, we talk about being unequally yoked in a dating relationship. That's usually the context we hear it or marrying an unbeliever, but two individuals at a, in a leadership level can be unequally yoked. They're, they're two, but they're not one. They're pulling in different directions. And uh, it's often in this scenario where the devil gets in there with a foothold. And what he does is he, as he often does, he sows division, disunity, discord. And when that happens, the church is greatly at risk. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's that Romans 15 passage is such a good one. You know, mm-hmm. live live in such harmony with one another in, a, in accord with Christ Jesus. So that's found in Christ that together you may with one voice glorify. I mean, what we're trying to do is glorify God. And we do that. The only part of the way that we do that is through our unity and through our harmony mm-hmm. and through our accordance with Christ. Yeah. And um, it's, but it's funny because sometimes those conflicts can happen and those um, tensions arise. And we even see it biblically. We even see, we read about this conflict um, in Acts that arises between the Apostle Paul and John Mark. Um, mm-hmm. In Acts 13, 13, in Paul's first missionary journey, uh, he and Barnabas go and John Mark accompanies with them. Um, and we see that in Acts 15, um, sorry, in Acts 13, 13, um, John Mark leaves suddenly um, when they arrive in Pamphylia, he leaves suddenly to go back to Jerusalem. And uh, we're not told why, but in Acts 15, we're told that um, Paul now in the secondary journey does not want to take Barnabas is like, Hey, we should take Mark again with us. And Paul's like, no, I don't want to take this guy who kind of bailed on us in Pamphylia. Like, I don't, I don't, it's not said, but you can tell there's this tension. And so him and Barnabas then get into this big argument and in Acts 15, 39, it says there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed. An interesting note there, their disagreement actually leads to the spread of the gospel quicker. Uh, that's maybe a side note to think about how even in our disagreement, God can use it. Um, but even the great apostle Paul found himself in conflict with a fellow pastor and so sharp disagreements aren't necessarily proof all the time of an unhealthy relationship, but it is an opportunity for growth. And we don't want to have these disagreements um, if they're unnecessary. And all too mm-hmm. often they are unnecessary. And so that's what we want to talk about today. How do, how do we, what kind of the common, what are the common source of sharp disagreements <laughs> Uh, that can come up in the relationship relationship between a pastor and a worship leader. And then how do we deal with those and how do we deal with them in a God glorifying way? Um, so that ideally restoration and unity can happen. And so Jody, I'll start with you. What, what are some of the common conflicts from a worship leader's perspective that can, mm-hmm. that can happen and, and how can they be avoided? Mm-hmm. What would you say? Well, thinking about musicians, thinking about myself, I think the first one in my mind would be a lack of relationship. Mm. And, you know, you see, you just, you understand that in a, in a marriage relationship, it's not just two people living in a house together, running a house or raising kids. Again, that stuff happens well when there's a strong caring, serving, loving relationship that, that binds that, that couple together. 
And you can do duty and you can do the stuff, the tasks, but if it's not out of a, out of, you know, pulling together, then uh, it's going to be challenged. And I think Mm. from a worship leader's perspective, uh, that individual might be asking questions like if, if there's no relationship, you might be asking the question, do I matter? And, you know, am I really part of the staff team? Do, mm-hmm. do I, uh, are we working together? Or are we not? You know, you feel like you're in a silo. I once heard a story. I was um, talking to someone and he was talking about a situation he knew where the lead pastor thought his job was just to preach and f- felt that that guy was living in his office in a silo, was not at all interested in the team or the worship leader or building any kind of relationship with them. And, you know, there was no handshaking connection. There was no synergy whatsoever. Mm. It was completely disjointed. No relationship. Mm. And perhaps musicians may have a greater, you know, relational sensitivity and, <laughs> and they've got their antennas up. I think we've been accused of that many times. And it's probably true that we're more sensitive. We're all used how- to sitting on the side of the hill with our drums, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just dreaming like in a, dreamy yeah. and strumming. Yeah. <laughs> Dream, dreamy and head in the clouds. Yeah. Well, that's how God wired us. And sometimes, um, you know, the question that lead pastors can ask is in some way, tell me, what are you doing? In other words, give me a ministry report without also asking, how are you doing? Mm. So it, it's tasking without relating. And, mm. and because of that, um, you know, mistrust can can grow, and mm. um, because there's no relationship or maybe no communication, we can talk about that in a second. Uh, we just realize that this lack of relationship, lack of friendship, is is really a bad foundation for everything that comes because there's mm. no uh, collaboration or communication. Conflict can arise, and yeah. maybe you want to talk about the whole communication thing um, that just kind of sits on this lack of relationship. Well, I, I definitely think, you know, that's something that jumps to my mind where um, a common conflict seems to be like, I just, I can't, we don't communicate well. There's lack, maybe I don't get a lot of FaceTime with my lead pastor. And mm-hmm. so we don't actually have communication about the service this weekend or what songs we should be doing. And so I kind of, I'm left kind of in the dark. I'm trying to plan things and, and then all of a sudden, what I planned is not good enough. And it's like, well, but if we had had a conversation like I had wanted, if we had talked this through, then we could have avoided maybe some of these things. And so I know a lot of worship leaders can get frustrated because they just feel like there's no communication and they feel like maybe sometimes it's not even the communication they get is not mutual communication, but it's unilateral. It's, this is what you're going to do. Kind of like what you said, Jody, it's like, I'm going to communicate at you and tell you what you need to know versus actually having a discussion and coming to a sense of clarity yourself. Sometimes it's very hard. I I don't know about you, Jody, but I find it hard to accomplish the vision of somebody if I don't understand it mm-hmm. deeply and kind of get it. I can, I can understand. You can, you can tell me, Hey Rob, um, I want you to do these five songs for mm-hmm. worship but if I, if I go, well, why? Like, what's your logic? Like, what, how do these songs connect? Um, why are we putting the, 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 the announcements there? Like, that makes no sense to me. You can just do it. You can just accomplish the task. But it's never going to be as good as when you actually understand and you communicate, you talk about it. And so I mm-hmm. would say communication is key because often a lot of the, these misunderstandings come because we just haven't talked. We mm-hmm. haven't communicated. And... 
let's be real. A lot of lead guys are busy. Jody, you're, you're a busy guy. You've got, we were just talking before this about the appointments you're going to and the hospital visits and the sermon writing. And so as a worship guy, I want to come and sit in your office and just kind of hang out and chat and, mm. and talk and how you doing, man, how you doing brother? And, and you might not have a ton of time for that. And so it's important to carve out at least some time and to create mm. boundaries so that that kind of communication um, definitely definitely can happen. What would be another thing yeah. you would say from the perspective of a worship leader that is a conflict mm. that commonly arises? I would say feeling f just a personality conflict, it, not just a lacking, but a difference. And, and sometimes you can be serving with someone who is autocratic or domineering or heavy handed. And that I was just picking up what you were saying, just about not understanding the vision where you're, you're told what to do. And I mean, this can go both ways because you can be in a spot where you're told what to do, yes sir, no sir, and you have little room to be uh, what your job description says, being creative and, and pastoring and shepherding. The mm -hmm. flip side of that is some leaders are not leading at all. I mean, some leaders right. can be so heavy handed in their leadership. Others can have no input, no opinion. Uh, they don't care what you do. And if you are the kind of worship pastor, worship leader that says, I want to serve your vision, which I think is the right attitude to have. Lead guy, I'm on your team. I want to serve what you're doing. I want to serve what God is saying through you in the sermon this week. Mm -hmm. I want us to be together. If that individual has no desire or no uh, framework for actually being a team, it's not because they're autocratic. It's just because they're kind of just amoeba-like. Right. And that also can be frustrating. That's the flip yeah. side of, of that one. And so that that can be difficult too. You know, sometimes you just want someone to be gentle and sometimes you just want someone to step up and lead depending on on what they, um, you know, where they're at. And, and sometimes I think worship leaders may not, or, or lead pastors may not actually understand the heart and brain of, of a worship leader. And this dissonance, just uh, just persists because there's there's a gap in not only relationship but understanding how each other works and because of that lack of relationship and communication that's never been talked through mm -hmm. and I um, mean you know, we can talk about maybe in a, in a minute from the other perspective just uh, clearly communicating expectations mm -hmm. yeah uh, another I think common conflict that I see often is just when you're thrown a last minute change you know you 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 did your rehearsals for the week you've run through all the songs you're feeling good and then friday morning you get an email and it's like hey um can we sing this song again to close you know a different the song you know and man i just see you know i used to be very much this way where i would just bristle and just like oh get so irritated at that but i I worked so hard on that song. And the irony is how often do we as worship leaders do that to our band? <laughs> like how often do we yeah. say, Hey, guitar player, everything you spent, you spent three nights learning this song. I want to, I want to th throw you for a loop yet. We don't like it <laughs> when yeah. our worship, when our lead pastor goes, Hey, can you do me a favor and bless me and create a more cohesive service by singing this song at the end? Then we're like, ah, oh, what about mm. all my work? And so I've learned, Lord willing, Lord, I mean, gr glory to God, just to kind of chill about that and to be like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And and I, I actually, um, 
I actually welcome last minute changes. And I'm mm. just going to tell you why. Uh, because I want, I want my lead pastor to know that, hey, if God, if God prompts you last minute service day, 10 minutes before Friday, whatever, I actually, I want that individual to know that I'm, I'm ready to bend and flex. Yeah. But if, and I would hope that our worship team would, would be able to do that too. But if, if this happens consistently where we're getting these curveballs, and, and it's because of lack of planning or lack of the individual writing their sermon on time right. or not communicating, that's when it gets frustrating. Yes. And I think with our worship teams, if we're consistent 90% of the time, that they will be welcoming, and we're getting on a different topic now, how to keep right. your worship team <laughs> very happy with you. But if if consistency is is the norm, then flexibility in that 10% will be welcomed, and they'll go, absolutely, you know, we're, we're willing to go with you as God leads you, as we would say to the lead pastor. Absolutely, we're willing to go with you as, as God changes things up in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that kind of humility to be like, right. The, the solution to that conflict is that humility is understanding that, you know, my responsibility is to accomplish the vision of my senior pastor to be a support to him. I also don't want the service to feel disjointed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, a lot of the time too, the Holy spirit takes that last song and the song you spent 30 minutes planning and you put in there, there's a connection made that you didn't even think of, you know? And, and so you can't really take credit for that a lot of the time, but I definitely think that the last minute changes thing. A lot of that too comes back down to Jody, like that relationship piece where it's like, if you know the person, if you love them, if you guys have a great relationship, yeah, you're not so wound up when they change mm-hmm. things on you last second. Cause you know, they're not out. They're not, you know, they're not mm-hmm. being inconsiderate. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're just really responding to the leading of the spirit in their preaching. And so that's definitely um, another one. Anything else you might throw Mm. out there, Jody? Yeah. um, Two things. Feedback would be one lack of feedback. Just, I love to know that, you know, where I'm pointing the arrow is actually in the same direction that the lead pastor wants that arrow to go. And so that's just the whole idea of is, you know, asking, is this what you want? Am I doing okay at this? And, I, I want to get my energy behind where it should go. And if it's not in the right spot, I'd like to know that. So, and I've actually not only seen that in myself, but I've seen that in worship team people, you know, that whether it's a guitar player, or drummer, like, am I doing okay? And part of that may be insecurity. Part of that may be just that this individual really wants to be aligned and, and to be a part of where this thing is going. And I think the the other part of that is this lack of encouragement and, this is not just in, in pastoral ministry, but this is in relationships where how many times is there a lack of appreciation or affirmation in relationship or it's not communicated or it's not mm-hmm. shown that we don't feel like the work that we've invested, the time we've spent is noticed or appreciated or, or affirmed. And we don't, we don't live for that because ultimately it's the, the Lord we're serving and it's him we seek to please. But the scripture does talk about to encourage one another and mm-hmm. encourage one another in lots of different ways. And we, I think we grow when we are affirmed. And if, if the senior pastor says, Hey, uh, in, you know, his mind, you're doing your job and, and you, I expect you to do your job. Okay, great. And if that's it, as opposed to thank you for how hard you work to make this worship service seamless. Thank you for the effort you put in with the team to uh, accommodate my changes. Thank you for the sensitivity to the spirit that you showed on Sunday 
when we could sense that God was doing something. I mean, just just that stuff makes a world of difference, and the lack of it really is undermining yeah. the relationship. Now, now from the perspective of the senior pastor, I think I think a common conflict that a senior pastor can have with his worship leader is I think at at the heart of it is a is a lack of a shared vision or clarity around uh, the shared vision of worship. And so the mm-hmm. worship leader is, you know, in their song planning and in their stylistic choices, they're pushing in mm-hmm. one direction mm-hmm. while the senior pastor is trying to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. the, the worship leader loves you know, all hymns kind of thing. But the senior pastor is like, well, I'd like to have a bit of, of a mix. I want to mm-hmm. have a mix service or the worship leader is all into one style of contemporary worship and the church is full of gray hair and they just want to be ministered to by hymns. And there's just, they're not on the same page in terms of a mm-hmm. vision. I think that definitely becomes an issue. And I think a lot of the time the senior pastor is a good read on the congregation and is mm-hmm. kind of identifying maybe undercurrents and of you know, discouragement in the church where they're like, mm, we're not loving this. And so he's trying to address these things. And so I think that uh, that often can be a, a big source of conflict. Like, how do I get my worship leader on the same page? How do we have a, how do we get a shared vision for this so that we're working mm. in the same direction? And, uh, and I think that often tends to happen. And that gets back to the relationship and communication piece, because if there has never been a conversation on a piece of paper that said, here are my 10 values in corporate worship, and here's my ideal worship service. And once, you, once you've had that talk, then there's no ambiguity to what is in the heart and mind of that individual. Right. That then you can either say, I'm on that exact same page with you, or I'm mostly on that page with you, and can we talk about these couple of things? Because I think we need to grow or change in that area. Mm-hmm. And And, you know, it's just that lack of lack of expectations communicated. Another one I would would point out would, might be a lack of excellence, that if, if the lead pastor is looking to raise the bar in terms of all that happens musically and, and on a Sunday morning, and if, if there's a perception of sloppiness mm-hmm. or, or last-minuteness or a lack of communication, uh, a lack of mm, just even how it's executed, lack of excellence generally, that will be a source of, of frustration yeah. because we are, we, you know, the church is much more than 90 minutes on Sunday, but it is the visible face of the congregation. And if a lead pastor has a high, high value on excellence and presenting a, a clear message, then that definitely will be a frustration that uh, is going to produce some problems. Oh, you know, one, one conflict that I know often my senior pastor will joke with me about, about is, um, the lack of planning versus the too much planning kind of dynamic where some worship leaders come in, it's Thursday morning and they're like, you know, they don't even know what's happening Sunday morning yet, you know? And then the pastor's like, mm-hmm. well, where's my order of service? Like it's three mm-hmm. days from now, you know? Yeah. And then, then there's the worship leader who's got four months planned. Mm-hmm. And so when the senior pastor wants to change something in the liturgy or change a sermon, then it blows up the worship leader's plan. Yeah. And so those can be kind of two, two things we can either be, and that's maybe tied to the excellence thing that you're talking about, Jody, where we're not, we're not taking our job seriously enough that we're kind of just winging it and we're not prepared and now we're stressing everybody else out 
And that causes issues for the sound guys, the lyric guys, the all those other positions when we're not prepared enough. And and how do you how do you get somebody to to how do you encourage somebody in a gentle, gracious, but clear way to plan a little more um, mm-hmm. versus a worship leader who is so tied to their plan and so tied to their ideas that any suggestion to change things mm-hmm. during the week leads to tension. Yeah. And um, that can be also definitely a source of conflict that again, we'll talk about kind of how do we address these? What, what How do we create healthy relationships? But again, relationship communication, uh, is going to be the answer to most of these things and how to, how to, how to improve them. I have found, you know, you said uh, last minute planning versus too far ahead. I really like the whole idea of 10 days. And so that a draft order of service, I send it out to my team, to our visuals team, our, our tech team to say, this isn't the final thing, but this is going to be 90, 95% where we go. And, uh, when I was actually, uh, worship associate pastor working under a lead pastor, I would do that so that just communicating, this is what, this is where it's going. And then I would always say to the individual who is actually the the individual that you now work with, mm-hmm. uh, great, great brother in the Lord, uh, so that he would know what I was thinking of. And I would always ask the question, where's the sermon going? Is there a, a concept? Is there a theme, something you're driving to? Is there a particular song even that you would use? So that, that 10 day out thing, uh, was just um, was a way of helping the team prepare ahead of time. Was communicating to the lead pastor, so that everybody had lots of time. And uh, with ten days out, there still can be, you know, some changes, and, and there often were because as the day gets closer, there's new p- things to pray about, or maybe there's yeah. a better song to sing. Yeah, my and this is just the way that I do it is on Thursday. Part of what I've done on my Thursday is I prep the order for the the next Sunday. And so I guess that's 10 days. Uh, I, yeah. right. So today what I did is in the morning, I plan the service for next Sunday, mm-hmm. but I don't generally send that out until Monday, but, or Sunday I'll send the orders to, to the worship team. So the whole worship team gets the songs on Sunday, right after church mm-hmm. for that coming Sunday. And then during the week that gives me uh, time to adjust it based mm-hmm. on things. But I, so I like, I like what you're saying. Like I like the 10 day thing. I, for me, it feels more comfortable. A lot of that legwork I can do beforehand, like the call to worship, the scripture readings. Like I know the text for that Sunday. I know, um, a lot of these things are kind of, I know where they're going anyway. So it makes it a little easier, but, um, yeah, that's, I think that's a good, a good strategy. Yeah. The 10 day thing. It's good. It's a good tool for our people. Well, Jody, what, what then would you say makes a healthy relationship between a pastor and a worship leader? How can, how can a worship leader with their kind of lead pastor intentionally build their relationship to avoid these kind of classic, all too common conflicts? This, this may sound like a summary of what we've just talked about, and, and it is actually, but I think it's, it's talking about how to, how to be proactive about it and Worship leaders seek out a relationship. You mentioned earlier that there's not a lot of discretionary time as a lead pastor, depending on the size of church you're serving, what's on your on your plate. Uh, so for a worship leader to actually seek out a lead pastor and say, can we have lunch? Can we go out for coffee? Can we meet every Thursday at three o'clock? You may not actually have that lead pastor saying those things to you. So say those things to the lead pastor. 
so that you are carving out that time and 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 I would say that don't don't assume that if if that's not coming from the lead pastor or that initiation don't assume that they don't like you or don't want to communicate mm. they just have a lot going on and they will probably be very happy to go okay um, so that would be one thing seek out seek out this relationship and seek out carving out the time to do that and just to build that relationship both Monday to Friday in in office time but also you know have have your have your spouse over to their house uh, you and your spouse over to their house with their spouse you know couples hanging out together. <laughs> invite your spouse thank over. you that's what i was trying to say <laughs> make sure there's two going together that's what yeah. I was trying to say. yes and then we've talked about this clearly clear expectations having a job description having timelines laid out we just talked about the 10-day thing and the rhythms mm. that you know you say i'm going to send you something by thursday afternoon or i'm going to have the final order in your inbox on Wednesday, or I'm going to send that sermon draft to you, worship leader, by, and I know you get it, I know you get yours at 4.30 on Tuesday. And that's a pretty sweet deal. That doesn't happen very much, you know? <laughs> and so you you learn to to do the dance and the rhythms and the timelines of, yeah. of what the two of you work out. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that I've, I find helpful too with lead guys is maybe... Maybe some of you as musicians and worship leaders are this way too. I kind of like talking things out. I like um, sitting in a room going, okay, this one, th- I, like, I like talking things out. The problem is a lot of the time that takes too much time. And so one thing I've had to learn, and I would encourage this, if you want to foster a really good relationship with your lead pastor is do all the work you can before you come into that meeting. So you've already kind of answered the questions you can answer yourself You've already got a bit of a plan that you're holding loosely so that when you come in prepared with, 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 Hey, these are the questions I want to ask. This is the plan I already have speak into it. Um, you know, that's a lot more helpful than just going down, sitting down and just kind of freewheeling it. And that, that might just take up more time. And so you want to be respectful of your lead mm-hmm. pastor's time mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you're an associate you you have responsibilities. He's hired you or he's asked you as a worship leader to take work off of him. And sometimes we can incidentally add more work. And now, now we're asking our lead pastor to do our job for us. And so what we should do is do as much as we can on our own, come prepared, be organized, and then have that meeting, um, respecting their time, but then but then, you know, encouraging those questions and those answers to come up. And praying together too is a great thing. Praying to or praying for one another and praying with one another is is so important. That's mm. the the way that we that we encourage each other. I mean, a lot happens in that. We're praying blessings on each other. We're praying together with one heart, and that's that's just a great thing. So when you talk together, pray together, uh, love one another, and worship leader, tell your Tell your lead pastor, I am here for you. I'm here to mm. support you. I'm here to serve what God's called you to do. How can I do that better? Just ask those questions. Lead pastor say, I'm here to support you. I'm here to encourage you. How can I do that better? That simple question from both parties can yield a world of good. Mm. I had a guy tell me this recently, uh, this week, he said, he said to his staff, he said, what's it like to to be on the other side of me? Hmm. And that, that's a gutsy question. And it, yeah. it takes guts to actually answer that question. What's it like to work with me? Right. You know, f- 
they might say you are kind or or you're abrasive or uh, you encourage me a lot or I never hear any feedback from you. So let's have the guts worship leader, lead pastor to say, what's it like mm. working on the other side of me? And there'll be some things that you can high five each other on and some things you go, okay, this, this needs some work. Yeah, that's a great opportunity to speak words of life to one another, to encourage one, to tell one another what you love about each other. And then, you know, often in these relationships, those conflicts, there are things that maybe you wish the other person was doing. So, you know, you love on them and then you go, but hey, can I, here's a couple things I'd love to see you work on, you know, like you just said, the abrasiveness or the lack of planning or whatever. Um, man, like that a lot of the time, it's just, again, communication relationship um, is what kind of solves these things. Jody, any, anything, any parting things you'd want to say as we kind of sum mm. up? Difficulties are not, are not to be unexpected. We're human. We struggle with our sinful nature. And the scripture I'm just reminded of Proverbs says that iron sharpens iron. And part of the crucible of our sanctification is being in close relationship. Mm. I would say the lead pastor chair of the board role is up there with some of the most important relationships in the church. I would say that the lead pastor, worship leader, worship pastor role may be at the top of the importance of relationships in the local mm. church. That's that's how important it is. So it's mm. going to come under attack because evil one knows that. And that the fact that God uses our difficulties and and don't be surprised at their difficulties. He uses these difficulties to shape us and to mold us and to sharpen us and to humble us. As you're listening today, if you've got some of those challenges, be thankful that the Lord is working in you and in that other individual through these things. Mm. And hopefully what we've said today will give you some tools and some perspective and some hope to work through those challenges and not to run from them. Because that's, that's we haven't even talked about that today, where, where mm. it's easy just to say, hey, I'm out of here. I'm not loved. I'm not appreciated. That may not be true, by the way. That's how we feel mm -hmm. sometimes. I'm not loved. I'm not appreciated. I'm leaving or I'm going to do my own thing. And uh, we need to run into the conflict and into the relationship rather than to run from it. Yeah. Amen. You know, we started talking a bit about the Apostle Paul and John Mark and the conflict there, you know, the encouragement for us, if we're in this place where maybe our relationship with our lead guy isn't as great and maybe there's some conflict going on, you know, the encouragement is that at the end of the Apostle Paul's life, he says this about John Mark in 2 Timothy 4.11. He says, get Mark, he's saying this to Timothy, get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me for ministry. You know, wow, don't we want that said mm -hmm. about us with our lead pastor is like, I, I, I want to feel like I am useful to him for ministry. And so Absolutely. be encouraged that the Lord, that Lord can repair those relationships. And we, like Jody said, we pray that this episode has been helpful. And you know what, at the end of an episode like this, we just want to say, if you have any questions, some specifics, or if you're in a difficult situation like this and you can use some support, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, my email is rob at cornerstoneaurelia.org. Jody, your email is? Jody at southshorebible.org. And, you know, we're just safe place to maybe work through some things, have a Zoom call. We'll give us a phone call, anything like that. We love to just 
um, minister to you and walk you through some of these things if you if you are struggling with them. And also, if you have any topics you'd like uh, for us to address, let us know uh, going forward. You know, in our next couple episodes, we're going to be looking at John the Baptist, and we're going to ask the question: What did jo- what does John the Baptist tell us about how to be a good worship leader? So stay tuned for those next few episodes. We're really looking forward to that. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope it was a blessing for you. We'll see you again next time. God bless. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.